When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Power Hour is engaged. Hour number two here inside the Locker Room. Uh, Coming up next segment, we will have the cool breeze, the man, the myth, the legend, the golfer, Jerry Dulac <laughs> inside <laughs> to uh, to talk with us a little more Steelers bar, bar, bar you know, um, what was I, I was going to say barnyard brawl, but that's not what I was meaning. Um, little Steelers backyard brawling type of action, not, of course, the Pitt, West Virginia kind. Yeah, hold the on now Pitt, there, Mr. Stubbs. The Stars. Pittsburgh versus the battle for Ohio <laughs> kind. Or Big 33. Does that does that make you feel there better, you West? There Big you 33 I like style? I like that. Ohio versus PA. There you go. Um, you know, as we as we kind of dive further into the Cleveland Browns. Now, one of the things I do want to dive into, Wolf, this number one defense in the league. Because that's what they're ranked. They are ranked number one in the league. Right. Um, in total defense. I mean, we know who the known commodities are. You know, you're looking at Miles Garrett. You're looking at Zadarius Smith. Um, oh, oh, but, oh, 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 oh! I saw oh, Zadarius oh. Smith take on a trap against the Ravens, and I can't remember who the left guard was from the Ravens, but he put Zadarius Smith on his back. I mean, it was just yeah. one of the cleanest trap hits. I mean, it was pure T-bone from the 1980s. I mean, it was just so sweet. If I was that guard, I'd have stood up and done a, I don't know, a touchdown celebration. <laughs> it was just, yeah. it was just pure. And that, and that's a, that's a tough guy. I mean, you put Zadarius Smith on his keister, that's doing something. No, and 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 that's a good job because, like you said, those guys take that on on a daily basis. Right. The fact that they were able to to accomplish that against him. Because you have to think, you know, they run more of a four-down structure mm-hmm. uh, defense now Yep. Um, versus that 3-4 that they used to run. So, you know, the Joe Wood 3-4s out, the Jim Schwartz four-down type of attacking defense is in there. And, and, and listen, Jim Schwartz, his history is wherever he comes, the first year or two, they're, they're lights out defensively. Like as far as his scheme, the way that they, that, that they operate – and then it like goes awry because teams start to figure it out um, right. with the personnel. But Jim Schwartz is a very gifted defensive coordinator, and he does he does a tremendous job. And like you said, he's he he now owns the, the league's number one defense, and he he's at the helm at he's master puppeteer for that. Um, but what are some of the more lesser knowns? I mean, as we look at like Jordan Elliott, Dalvin Tomlinson on the D line, um, you know, we'll get to the secondary I think a little bit later, but. 
you know, between them, you got Owosu, um, Koromora. Koromoa. Koromoa. Joker. Joker. The Joker, yes. Yeah, we'll just call him Joker. I, I uh, like that. That's very nice. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Um, and then Anthony Walker Jr., of course. So, I mean, when you're looking at that front six to seven guys, I mean, who else jumps out outside of the two edge guys? You know, the two, two inner guys, Jordan Elliott, Delvin Tomlinson, they do a good job of eating up the offensive line. They get, they stay low. They play with power. Um, I really think if we can get to the second level guys, that being Walker and and the Joker, uh, I think we can do some real damage because I think our guys can get up there and um, do the uh, things that you got to do to move them. They get bounced a lot. They're aggressive, in my mind. Anthony Walker is very aggressive. The Joker is very aggressive. He comes up and he's going to try to put a hit on you. Um, but at the same time, you can get after him and and get get them knocked in and out of the box because I don't think they're not that big and they don't take on the blocks real well. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like, like the, they are the enforcers of the gatekeepers to the secondary, which I think that second and third level is where this team is a, is a little bit weaker. Yes, um, yes. Now, the corners so are ha- good. <laughs> yeah, corners are good. But the middle, right. like I, I, so I'm talking, like you said, Walker, <clears throat> Walker Jr., Joker. Oh man, <clears throat> that water got to me. Um, <laughs> you got something wrong with quite, your throat, as Tunchy used yeah, to say. Yeah, the throat. Uh, you know, it's Delpit. It's uh, was it uh, Melito? I think is his name is right. Yeah. Melito playing the free safety. Let's see. Or is it no? Cause, we got because I thought we got Juan Thornhill. Juan, and, well, I thought Juan was. I thought Juan was injured. No. I, I oh no, he he's not injured. Okay. No, no, no. I take right. that back. Okay. Yeah. I was so just, yeah. So okay. Juan Thornhill, Mali- I thought I saw Melito, and I think that was just probably like a like a switch out thing. Um, you got it. Thornhill, Delpit, and Walker and Joker. <clears throat> so the middle of that defense, like you said, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, are two of the known commodities. But I think you get past the gatekeepers, the front four who really dictates really everything for them. And you can handle those guys, you know, and we'll use six to take on four um, to get to those guys. That's where you that's where you have to live. You have to say, we can't look past the front line of defense. No. No, that's where you've it's You've got at. to secure them. You've got, you've got to hit them. And here's the other thing. You have to not be afraid to run at them. Yes. I think the thing that really – you know, makes it tough is when you try and run away from it. And this, and this, now this is going back to beginning of the year, San Francisco game. I was like, man, you know, because think of it, San Francisco's defensive line, same type of thought process, right? Right. Like, oh, my God, they're, they're, they're front guys, but their linebackers are really good. <laughs> Fred Warner and Greenlaw, those dudes right. are ridiculous. Um, but it's – you can't be afraid to run at them. Even if you don't have success, right? You have to keep trying to hit the door with the battering ram. No doubt. You can't You can't be looking for windows to jump in, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to go through the front door. And I think that's when we went to San Francisco, first play of the game, what did we do, Wolf? I can't remember that. Do you, back. 
It wasn't that long ago. I didn't ask you to tell me a, a, a trap block hey, from 1988. Max, Max, I know. Max listen I know. to me. Listen to me. Okay. I'm the face of your future, buddy. I know. <laughs> this is this is what it's going to look like in another 20 years, buddy. <laughs> and, 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 and just like that, I'm going to keep trying to jog your memory. <laughs> I would expect it. if the roles were reversed, I would expect <laughs> let's keep let's keep working on those memory function exercises. Let's massage the head, <laughs> get those synapses turned on. Exactly. Um, first play of the game, we 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 ran jet sweep to the outside. Okay, all right, that's right. I remember that actually. We we, we said we're not going to run at you. We're going to try and run around you. Mm. And that and and what did that do? That set up a recipe for disaster, because they knew in our hearts that we flinched mm. in that moment. Oh, that's interesting. Very, that's very insightful, Max. You know, here's yeah. I got a little nugget to support you on this. All right, the Browns' right. defense is best in the league in hitting opposing rushers behind the line of scrimmage. Actually, fifty-five point one percent of the time. So you're talking about a penetrating defense, defense that, like you said, is going to come after you. And if you don't meet the challenge, these guys are going to make life miserable for you. Yes, exactly. You can't so that's blink. Why, yep. So that's why you can't flinch, you can't blink, and you have to run at them. I, I, you know, 55% success rate of hitting guys in the back of the backfield. But guess what? There's 45% of the time where they don't. True. And you have to make that 45% feel more like 60%. Okay, well, let me carry the one here. I gotta, I have to you don't have to carry the one. You don't have to carry the one. Just know that it's more. Just know that it's more. Okay, gotcha. Just know that it's more. You're making less more. That's all That that is all we need to worry about. If we make, if you take that type of intent to say, you know what? I can't wait to test that, that 45% fail rate. Well, this is like testing it's the chin. Th- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. Oh, this dude's so strong. Da, 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 da. Well, well, how good is his chin? Because because if your chin, if you have if you, if you have a weak chin, guess what? You're Mister Glass. Yeah. So why not try and do that? Yeah, you, you you can't go to the body. Well, don't go to the body then. Don't go to the body. <laughs> Hit him in the face. <laughs> you know? Test his chin. There you go. You're Test right. Test his chin. Hey, there's less muscles up there that he can develop unless he's doing a lot, a lot of chewing exercises, right? You know? right. Like you and I haven't done that our whole lives. I mean, I mean, granted, for us, it's a different. You don't want to test our chin because we have taken down the mightiest of buffets. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and also food challenges. So, you know, I, I think that's where you kind of have to start the entire process. How do we go at them and how do we minimize them? Because I remember, you know, I remember back when I played Wolf, you know, Jamal Williams. Remember him? Defensive tackle from San Diego? Yeah, about 400 pounds. Exactly. Oh, you can't run at Jamal Williams. You can't move him. Blah, 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 blah. Man, we went out there and we ran the ball on the San Diego Chargers and we ran double. We ran right at him in the A-gaps. Yep. And we forced that dude off the ball. God. Throat's been dry, and yet I can't drink the water. Uh, but you can't drink the water. The water's what's yeah, supposed to wet I your drink whistle. It and, well, and that's what's causing this. Like I don't know if because of the 
I got tap water versus RO water. Uh, um, I had a little, 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 little spigot thing. I didn't, I didn't have time to go to the spigot. So this is a lot drier, saltier water. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I needed something, so I was like, I was in a pinch. Well, but you do what you got to do. Ru- yeah, running at them, I feel like is the best course of action, and that means doubles, that means traps, that means counter, that means lead, that means all of those things, and I think. Where we're at now versus where we were week two, we're in a different place. Just like they are. They're in a different place from, from week two to now. And when you're talking about all, all things equal, what's the differentiator? You have to be ready to run that ball. Because they're going to do because they're going to try the same exact thing against us, Wolf. Right. They're going to try the same exact thing. They're going to run at Alex Highsworth. They're going to run at Cam Hayward. They're going to run at uh, TJ Watt. And they're going to dare us to blink. So we have to kind of respond in kind with doing the same thing because you've got to break that will early. And you have to show that intent because when you know it's coming and when you know it's like, oh, man, okay, another series, Jesus. I mean, last time, you know, dude hit me in the hip. My ribs are a little sore. Uh, You know, the guy, I think he arm barred me one time on a pancake. You know, you you just, you start, that you want to create that doubt because those are the cracks in the armor um of of a top defense that's what you have to do and you can't you can't run away from them you have to run at them yeah fight or flight right right you you know you run to the fire or you run away from the fire and we have to be the fireman we got to run to the fire and that that that, at least that's what i believe no doubt about it look I, again, you, you know what you said, Jamal Williams. I'll give you 1985. We played the Bears at Soldier Field. We got the fridge, 375 pounds. He moved. You know, I mean, when you got the double team, you move them. I mean, that's the way it goes. You can do it. And you got to be willing to ball that fist up and make your, your, your face uh, a, a piece of flint. You know what I mean? And you just got to be able yeah. to come off the ball and, and, Go and just have at it because that's the only way you're going to move. If you got to make, you got to make a commitment to do it, and it's got to be with every fiber of your being because some of these guys are down on the inside. It's a tough battle. There ain't no doubt about it. From tackle to tackle, the box is a, it's a it's trench warfare. It is just about not warfare, but uh, you know a little bit of com- combatives there, close quarter grappling that sort of thing. The thing is, you go after it. And it's one of those things that it's you either win or you don't. It's very easy to find out. No, you're absolutely right, Wolf. And and with that, I want to make sure we also step aside oh, and we that's right. We because we got to get Jerry Dulac in here. We got to get we we got to get the cool breeze in. And I want to I want I want don't want to upset Wes about this. So <laughs> I am going I'm going to say that uh, we are going to step aside. And next up is Jerry Dulac here inside the locker room. Uh, I forgot what else I was supposed to say. Anyways, we're we're on ESPN SNR Radio. We're gonna step aside. Bye.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's time when you got that music playing, it's time for the cool breeze to come in. And he's brought to you by Archie's on the south side. Got to go to Archie's for all your game day beverages, shall we say, including some drafts that uh, I've heard are pretty good. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, that's all the people. Uh, 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 allegedly? Allegedly. <laughs> they're, they're very, yes. That's what people say. So let's welcome in, of course, the great Jerry Dulac. Do how you, how you doing, my friend? Well, boys, I am fine. Uh, beautiful day here in the Berg, and I hope you guys are fine as well. That oh, we are, my friend. Go ahead, Max. I'm sorry, I just I just oh, jumped. No, no, no. I, I was I was just, I was just I was just answering the same question. That, that, that was all. <laughs> was there a question that we were yeah, answering? Excited, excited to go up to Cleveland and um, <laughs> see what's going to transpire. <laughs> How Fortunately, about that? I'm not staying overnight. <laughs> You've had enough of those uh, one-nighters in Cleveland, huh? Just That's overnight right. and then exactly. back, boom. Uh, yep, with a one o'clock game, it's up and back, boys. Yep. Jerry, when did you start covering the Steelers Browns? How long ago was that? I hate you know. Well, you know, Wolf, it's been, uh, you know, I was kind of a regular since '92, Cowers' first year. Okay, but you know. Over the years, you know, doing the NFL, you know, actually, I used to spend a lot of time in Cleveland, actually, Berea. I go back to when Bill Belichick was their coach. You know, I would go up there during the week, during training camp. Um, so, you know, but when I went in terms of covering the Steelers full time, that, like I said, that was around 90, that was 92. But I go back even before then when I would travel around the NFL. And even when I was starting in the business in McKeesport, I was at their fourth Super Bowl in the Rose Bowl. Mm. Wolf. So it depends. It depends when you want to have the meter start running. <laughs> I, I go back. Uh, I can go back a while. Well, Jerry, what's your take as you see this whole thing on you know uh, getting ready to go? It's kind of like unfolding in front of us. And one of the things that's got to be is the what Pat Fryermuth is capable of doing. What he could add to this offense. Yeah, you know, and, and I agree, and, and I hope that they start to take advantage of that. You know, you look at the, the targets for the tight ends. It's 44, and, and, you know, most of those, I think 27 of those are Connor Hayward, who I just don't really consider a tight end. You know, he's more of a wing. He's more of an H-back. Right. I know he'll line someone along the line of scrimmage. So, I almost don't count him, but I will count him, even though you shouldn't. Um, and, they, you know, Pat Fryermuth, very few targets when he was healthy. And I'm a little surprised they haven't tried to throw more to Darnell Washington. But I understand, man, they really like him as almost that extra lineman. It's part of the reason why the run game has been so good. But I thought they would sneak him out there with Fryermuth out a little bit more than, than they even have. So... Um, you just really hope that they take advantage of what Pat Fryermuth gives them, a reliable guy, uh, dependable, can sit in his own, catches everything thrown his way. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think going forward, I, I just, you know, you have to hope that they're going to start to utilize that a little bit more, maybe open up the edges a little bit more, whatever the case may be, take advantage of the middle of the field if it's open. 
And I think that's been one of the kind of detriments early on with the offense. But, you know, not having him now, that's five games, and you've only played nine. Um, you know, it's it's hard to uh, – you know, it's hard to think that the, the, the tight end has had uh, – the position has had any kind of impact uh, in terms of receiving because I do think – Darnell Washington has been a big bonus with his blocking. Yeah, and, and that's something that I think as we look at it, you know, it, it has to be something with that, like you said. But I think the tendency, right, is when you see Darnell in there, you expect run. Versus, there's right, not a right. passing threat to it. And, you know, and, and I think having Pat Fryermuth back and being able to run those two tight end sets, right, Instead of Connor Hayward, Darnell Washington, now it's Pat Fryermuth, Connor Hayward, Pat Fryermuth, Darnell Washington. It gives a little bit more anonymity. And I was kind of talking about this earlier, um, Jerry, was that being able to run 21 personnel but have more things to run out of it. I think it's kind of – and when we're talking about Kenny Pickett and his growth, like, you know, running certain personnel groups and getting comfortable with them and him seeing things a lot better, you need all the pieces available. I think – Losing Pat for the last five games has really hampered that progress. I mean, how, do you think that that could possibly help streamline it because he'll have him back and now they can do more out of these personnel and stay a little more balanced? I don't think there's any question about it, Max. You know, and I'll, I'll go backward here. You know, one of the things that always impressed me about Todd Haley was the number of personnel groupings that he used. Go back to when you played. You know, Bruce Arians, he not only loved two tight ends, he loved three tight end sets. And to me, now I know, you know, in today's game, you want to spread the field more with the wide receivers. We're seeing four, uh, more four wides. Remember the days when we would see five wides. Yeah. Um, but I just think those two, the, the two tight end set, and sometimes even that three tight end set gives you a lot of different options, especially when in the, in the era of the RPOs. So, yeah, I would like to see more two tight end sets. And I, I think that was part of the thinking when they drafted uh, Darnell Washington, I do not know how much whatever issues he has with his knee, which is what held him back in the draft. You know, he, he just looks to me like he labors out there when he tries to run when I watch him. I don't know how much that has any impact on not putting him out in the passing game. I'm, I don't know that it does. But, yeah, I, I would think if they could go uh, – if they would use more uh, more 21 sets and and – Take, try to take advantage of that in terms of in terms of some diversity. There's no question in my mind that I think they could do some real damage. You go you go 12 personnel. You get those two biggins, and the, again the things that they did with Gronkowski and and uh, Hernandez, that that stuff was prolific at the time. And I still think yeah. with the way you got the Muth and the way you got Mount Washington there, the two of them together running some combo routes, creating some real conflict for the, the second-level guys, even pushing one of them to the third level, the combination of those two putting a, a, a safety, a corner, a linebacker in conflict where it's like, which way do I go? Those are the sorts of concepts I think they could work so very well. And at the same time, you can come out and you could – even, you know, put Fryermuth out in the slot. He's capable of doing that. And you're also able to block with the, the extra biggin. So, I don't know. It's, right. it's like a win-win to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Wolf, and I would like them like to see them flex uh, uh, Pat Fryermuth out a little bit more. Um, but, again, we'll see. 
you know, how he is, right. uh, you know, after, after missing five games. Um, but I'm with you. But, look, there's no question after rushing for 371 yards the last two games, you know, fellas, that's the most in a back-to-back game since Mike Tomlin's rookie year. Uh, and right. I fully expect them to continue to do that. And as you have seen, it's no longer one and two. It is truly one and one A between Najee Harris and, and, and Jalen Warren. And, uh, you know, that's, that's as, as good, certainly the last two games, that's as good a one-two punch we have seen in, in a long time. I mean, I, I remember the game in uh, 2014 or 15, in 14, I think, when Carolina, against Carolina, Le'Veon Bell had like 148 yards and, and LeGarrette Blunt had uh, 117. And that's the last time two running backs in the same game each had at least 80 yards which is what we saw last week against green bay so that that you know that one two punch is pretty darn effective and i would fully expect them to try and capitalize on that again but as we know you know cleveland has a tough defense and we'll see how they choose to attack it no we we absolutely will and you know sunday is going to be a big match i mean uh, Jerry, just talk about the importance as far as we look at this, as far as division, conference, you know, playoffs. I mean, I think that's something we, we have to keep our focal point on now that we're deeper into November. Just AFC North stands, like how important, like we have two division matchups happening. One tonight, we got the, we got the Ravens and the Bengals and, you know, kind of who you, th- who we need to win that game. Sadly enough, you're rooting for one of them. Um, but also... You know, as we look at just kind of, you know, our game, like how important this is, because we're also one of the only conferences that has everybody above 500. Um, so, yeah, you know, and, and it, it, you go ahead. I uh, no, I, yeah, you're right about that. And three of the four teams, at least three games uh, over 500. You know, Max, to your point, I think when you're looking at the four division teams in these two matchups, I don't think there's any question the most, the, the team that has the most to gain and, and or maybe the, the most to lose are the Cincinnati Bengals because if they lose, they're 5-5, five and five, and now they slip two and a half games out of the division lead, which, you know, they're trying to win for the third year in a row. I think the loser of the Steelers-Browns Steelers game, I, I, you know, while it's an intriguing game, and if, if Cincinnati wins tonight, you know, the winner goes into first place, I don't think the loser is in, is in any bad shape. I mean, they'll, they'll be 6-4. and four, uh, you know, with um, with seven games left to six and four, that's ten. Yes, <laughs> doing the math real quick. Uh, <laughs> there's still plenty of time. So, even, yeah. If so, the loser of this game of the Steelers and Browns, I do not think uh, has anything really to worry about. But I think the Bengals are the one team of the of the four of these two matchups that has the most to lose. I think it's a bigger game for the Bengals than it is for any of the other three teams. Interesting. I know one of the things that's been kind of out of kilter has been the inside linebacker position after we dropped two of the three, the, the pair and the spare. So, I, I you know, what, what's the, the word? They, they, Mike Tomlin says, well, we're going to stay within the organization, apparently. So that means a, a, a Michael Walker or a Tariq. Uh, what's Tariq's last name? Oh, just, Carpenter. 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 Oh, that's right. Carpenter. Like the Carpenters, right. like, you know, Karen Carpenter. And, you know, it was an old band back in the day, Jer. Well, I think, I think you know, part of the solution there, too, is when you have a guy 
as thick and as sturdy as Keanu Neal. Now, I know he had a, a, the rib injury in the game, and I don't know how limited or what his role is going to be, but just generally speaking, to me, that is part of the answer when you're going sub-package. Um, you know, the problem with Landon Roberts and Mark Robinson is of the, of the four guys, they are the two that are, are, are least adept in coverage. Right. Um, that was Cole Holcomb. You know, his athleticism was better than everybody. And we saw Quan Alexander make the big pick, uh, you know, against Tennessee at the goal line, which mm-hmm. was an athletic pick. Um, that is not the uh, specialty of these two guys. They are down. They are similar players. They are downhill linebackers. They're going to hit you. They're going to rock you. Um, but I think uh, I I would guess. Now again, they don't have to worry. Uh, you know, it actually sets up well for them in this game because uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is the better runner between he and P.J. Walker, and I would expect that's the way the Browns want to play. So in this game. Um, you know, I would actually think it won't hurt them as much uh, not, not having those other two guys. Of course it's going to hurt, but it's the type of game and the type of style the Browns play that at least plays more into the hands and the style of a Landon Roberts and, and Mark Robinson. But I think, I think what you will eventually see is more sub-package, and they play enough of that anyhow, and you'll see Keanu Neal maybe more as that dime-backer if necessary, and and giving them different looks that way. I think that will be part of the solution going forward. Yeah, no, I I think it's something that I'm going to be really interested to see on that. Another thing, you know, I I think we've kind of, you know, talked about this, but, you know, what's the feeling, you know, as far as success with Broderick Jones and, is there a plan for Chooksakor for to kind of have more of that jumbo tight end type role, um, you know, in in this offense um, as they're trying to work through getting the best guys on the field at any given time? I know they used they used Chooks a little bit more in that type of role when he does come into the game. Right. Yeah. And and you know, as we saw with Broderick Jones a couple of weeks before he got thrown into the lineup, we saw him. I think three instances come in as the tackle eligible. I want to say that was the Jacksonville game. Um, and I think, you know, that's the way they are going to be using troops going forward so long as there's no injury. But I don't think we're going to see it a lot. Maybe um, maybe we'll see it more than three times. Um, but that's, you know, uh, look, it's, you know, just like with Kenny Pickett last year when he went in the starting lineup in week four and then threw three interceptions, they didn't turn back then. They went forward with Kenny Pickett. He's the number one pick, and it's the same thing with Broderick Jones. And hey, look, you guys evaluate him, uh, you know, individually more than I do. I look at I look at the at, at everything overall, and you see what he what he can do, his quickness, his athleticism, his ability to get to the second level. I mean, it's stunning, really, when you, when you watch him, and um, that's why they took him where they did, 14th overall pick, and so he's there to stay. And uh, but I think when you have a guy like a core for who started what he missed all of one start in, in three and a half seasons. Uh, if he's your swing tackle, you're doing okay. Now the future of Chooksakor for uh, not very good in terms of staying with the Steelers. He do a lot of money next year, $4 million roster bonus in March, $4 million salary. If they would cut him, which I would expect them to do, maybe try to trade him, but I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, but maybe, um, you know, they're going to save themselves eight and a half million. And, and they have their guy. So 
you know, his future beyond this year is not very good. We'll see what happens, how they tend to use him, you know, in these last eight games. Well, last one from me, Jerry. The one thing, that the conundrum that really makes me go, hmm, is I look at the plus-minus ratio of the Browns and the Steelers. The Steelers are plus 10. The Browns are minus 4, and yet they are number 1 in time of possession at 34-12 on the year. And the last three games, they've averaged almost 36 minutes a game. How do you do that with a minus four? That's the thing. Yeah, I, go, I, I, I know. I know, Wolf. And uh, I, I, I don't know. And, I, you know, it's funny for as many times as coaches always say, you know, you look at that turnover ratio and stat after each game, and that usually tells the tale. Well, <laughs> it cer- certainly doesn't for them. And we've seen, obviously, other games, even with the Steelers, where it doesn't matter. Um, I, you know, uh, but, you know, the Browns, that's the way they want to play. They want to run the ball. Um, just curious to see, you know, when they brought Deshaun Watson in, you don't pay him $230 million guaranteed to be a mailman. You know, right. he's not, they didn't right. bring him in to hand the ball off. You know, they want him to be a gunslinger. And I was just curious to see how much they would get away from what their philosophy is of running that football. Of course, losing Nick, Nick Chubb, you know, for the season, as we saw in the last meeting, um, you know, that, that automatically would change how you were going to play. And now, of course, they're without Deshaun Watson for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, it's, it's increasing. I mean, what have you heard defensively, you know, looking at, like you said, the quarterback position? I mean, P.J. Walker, DTR, smashing together, you still don't really have a full quarterback um, at the helm. But did you hear anything? as far as the thinking behind it for many of your guys in Cleveland <clears throat> about why they picked DTR over PJ Walker, is it trying to get a, a I, look at the, at the rookie or. Yeah, it's funny, Max. I just made that call a little bit before coming on the show because I was curious myself. One, they feel uh, he's the, he has the better legs. Uh, also, he was a fifth round pick and you know how that goes. Sometimes you tend to lean toward your draft choices over mm. another guy. Um, you know, the, the one game that Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson started, um, he threw three picks, produced three points, and his passer rating was 24.5. But that was kind of a last-minute uh, uh, move. And I, they believe that maybe with a little bit more prep, he'll be better. <laughs> they better hope he'll be better than the way he played against Baltimore, uh, you know, way back in week two or three or whenever that was. Um, but that, that was that – was, uh, the only reason that I was or the reasons I was given as to why they chose him, um, you know, Mike Tomlin's record against rookie quarterbacks is pretty good. You remember Dick LeBose was outstanding. Right. And one more thing, fellas, before I have to run, right. it is uncanny. And when you think about it, how many times the Steelers have gone into games against the other team where the other team has lost their starting quarterback quarterback. And in many cases, uh, their star quarterback. I went back the last 10 years, and by my unofficial count, this is the 18th time they will be facing a backup after a team lost its starter. That includes Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, even Deshaun Watson once before. And it's just it's uncanny. How, you remember the Miami <laughs> playoff game? Matt, yeah. Mo- Matt Moore. That was a third-team quarterback. Devontae Burfitt, Pac-Man Jones game. That was A.J. McCarron. Yeah. It's uncanny how many times uh, this, the, the other team has lost their star quarterback one or two weeks before facing the Steelers, and the Steelers get their backup quarterback. They're 14-3 and three in those games. 
Well, by only, my unofficial count, by my unofficial count, fellas. Well, the only thing I can add is that maybe somebody's waving a terrible towel in their direction. But I know you got to get going, Jerry. And I say thank you so much for joining us, as you always do. Appreciate you in the locker room here. Uh, boys, it's always good chatting with you. And as always, I'll see you at the ball yard on Sunday. Sounds good. And, of course, that's the oh, cool thanks, breeze Jerry. brought to you by Archie's on the south side. You can go over there and you got game day beverages and foods of all sorts and all kinds and some of the best wings in the Berg. So we'll be back with more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I guess we know what time it is inside the locker room. It's bell lap time. That's run, right, Forrest, run. <laughs> run, Forrest, Run. <laughs> And speaking of boxes of chocolate, I cannot wait to get to lunch. So if oh. you're out there, please, somebody, go have a great lunch for me because I am looking forward to this. I still got a little bit more running around to do and prep to do uh, for my games. So I will be delaying my lunch for about another two hours. So I need oh. everybody else to enjoy it for me. Oh, I, I, I put my hand up. I'm My hand's in the pile to enjoy lunch for you, my friend. I'll, I'll take care of that. All right. And also enjoy it for Wes, too, because Wes still has work to do before Wes gets he's, break. So, he's eating Cheetos or something. You know, I mean, he's there with cheese Whiz doodles eat, type things. Eat, eat, eating his, his young person food. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. um, food. they're like a knockoff uh, Cheetos here. Cheese doodles. Oh it's yeah, like cheese you, I mean, it's like when you classics. wanted Fruit Loops growing up, right? But you got fruit rings or something yeah, like that. Yeah, instead. yeah, exactly. Fruit you got fruity rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Circulos. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no. But you know, before we leave today, just kind of some thoughts, just about that. I mean, you know, I think one of the biggest things was having Pat Fryermuth in practice yesterday. Yes, kind of showing the signs. Right, five week, five games off, and Pat's been missed. Um, for what he brings to this offense. So to get him back in the fold, like, you know, amidst all the other adversities that we've had, losing two linebackers and everything, you want those kind of little small victories, right? Small additions when we've had some big subtractions in the process. And hopefully hopefully his addition is even a bigger one. You know, who would even say maybe even a multiplier, uh, if I'm being crazy. But – you know, just thinking about that, just kind of health of the team, state of the team health um, is such a big point, especially at this point in the year, Wolf. We're over halfway through the season, and now this is push time. So you want to be ascending and not descending, as, as Coach Tomlin would say. No question about it. You know, again, I don't know what it's going to look like, but uh, I just saw a thing on the Internet, and, of course, you know, we know that all – all you gotta believe guys. everything on the internet. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're all we're all male French models. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know. Um, but I saw hand some, model. I prefer hand, hand, hand model. I prefer hand model. Uh, for me. I I have I saw where they they listed uh, Minka Fitzpatrick as possible this weekend. I mean, it's oh. I, I don't know. You know, uh, you know, Mike says he's battling to come back. You know, and that normally doesn't sound like doesn't sound real good. But I don't know. Well. That's just something we'll have to see. Have no idea. 
Yeah, no, I I think it is a a big point to see. Wouldn't it. that be something, man? Man, if you can get a Minka Fitzpatrick back, I oh. mean, how huge would that be for a boost? Just thinking about the crew and and everything, like he would be such an emotional boost as a leader. Um, that yeah, you can't you can't really look beyond that. I mean, you have to be inspired by it and say, hey, leave even if he doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Like at least right. give us something. You know, to look forward to. Because I think if you put Minky in, that does free up a lot of your options at the linebacking position. Um, you know, will help. Some of your sub-package things. You, yep. can, you can do more things versatility-wise. Um, remember the three-safety look that we talked about so much last year, right? right when we got right. KZ, Minka, and Terrell all in there at the same time. I think being able to have KZ, Minka, and Keanu in some type of situation, or Pat P um, as that third guy that could really open up some things. So hopefully if he can get back, that would be a boost to our defense. Exactly so. And I, I'll just finish with this one. I think about Keanu Benton, how far this young man has come and what a wrecking machine he's been on the inside in the last couple of weeks. He's really made some strides forward. And between him, Larry O, and of course, Captain Cam, you know, when you got those three guys, that's, that's a lot right there. And Isaiah Loudermilk's another guy that I, I see him. I think he's getting better week by week, incrementally. I think that kid's fighting, kicking, and scratching to get into whatever he can get in, get whatever snaps he can get in. But those guys are the basis and foundation with Armin Watts also contributing. You're going to need some stalwart work in between the tackles. And especially – because I'll say this, Max. One thing you got to say is you got the uh, – uh, you know, we got um, the, the center and two guards for the Browns. Those guys, besides the fact they're hat-on-hat guys, they are, I think, really powerful run blockers in there with Batonio, Posick, and, and, of course, Wyatt Teller. That's going to be – that's where the game's won or lost, if you ask me. No, it, it, you're absolutely right, Wolf. I mean, the game is won and lost between the trenches, and how you handle and hold those trenches will really be the outcome in this type of game. And, that, and that's how it is, I think. We could say that for most of the AFC North right. games – Right, you've got to control the lines of scrimmage um, because everybody wants to run the football. Everybody wants to be physical. Everybody plays in the outdoor stadium, so we know what wintry conditions and inclement weather looks like. That's that's just our life in the AFC North, right? You know, it, it's it, it's one that's built out of toughness. So whoever can establish the toughness first usually is the victor in most of these matchups. There you go, my friend. All right, and with that. We have now put a bow on the show. I'm learning about <laughs> buttons and bows, and I, I, I'm going to get it right one day. I think I got it right this time. We put a bow on the show, and it rhymes. So that's why I'm going with it. You got to go with the bow uh, on the show. Bow on the show, yo. Um, so I want to thank, uh, of course, everybody involved. Uh, you know, we got to thank Wesley Euler on the ones and twos, who's smirking and eating cheese doodles. Uh, CJ is somewhere in the rafters. I'm thinking he's still looking up. You know, trips to Japan that, that dad doesn't know about um, because we, we, we keep harassing him with callers and, and other other squirrely things to do. Uh, the Sensei Brian LaMartina, of course. M- Mr. Craig Wolfley, that beautiful voice on the, on one side. I'm the other voice. I'm not going to say beautiful because, uh, you know. You, you are beauty. beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you, Wolf. Oh, thank you. I'm Max Starks. Hey, tune in tomorrow. Same bat channel, same bat time. We got Missy Matthews coming in on a Friday to give us some of the good nuggets and storylines to follow over the weekend. We are done. Have a great day.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.